Welcome to this. <laughs> you already got nervous. <laughs> Stage right already. Okay. Home staging isn't just a job. For many small town stagers, it's a lifeline and an escape from the soul crushing daily grind. It certainly was for us. We're talking about it all and sharing our stories, successes, and failures to inspire and empower other overworked and underappreciated creatives everywhere to become the entrepreneur of their dreams. It starts now. Thank you for joining the Staging Lab podcast. I am Jess Tierney. I'm here with Amy Vartnuk. We are two local small town home stagers who took $100 and transformed it into our whole business. We're here to talk about it with you today. And this is one of my favorite topics. I'm so excited about today's episode. This is something I could talk about every day for the rest of my life forever. One million percent. And I've always I might have to take you out the soapbox. Like I might have to oh, kick it out from underneath you. You're gonna need to. It's gonna happen. <laughs> I'll warn you first. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, it would be funny. But preach, girl. Yeah, here preach. we go. Here we go. So one of the biggest things that we didn't understand about small business before we became small business owners is how important mental health is. One yeah. bajillion percent. The mindset stuff of business is like 90% of success. I mean, there's lots of nuts and bolts of staging, and there are a lot of other little logistical kinds of things that you can tweak and change. But if you don't have your mindset right, none of the rest is going to fall into place easily. No, it's you're going to feel like it's a constant struggle, struggle. the whole time making decisions. You're going to get decision fatigue. You're going to wonder if you're doing it right. You're going to want to quit. You're going to feel resentful. Ask us how we know. Ask us how we know. (laughs) Listen, we have been there and we decided that we just weren't here for it anymore. Um, COVID was an interesting time for us. A lot of it depended very much on where you were as a stager geographically during COVID, what that looked like yes. for you. So and how big your business was, too. Absolutely. Yes. So big staging companies, established staging companies in bigger cities where staging was still the norm because it was so already established. And um, areas where there were just tons of listings on the market, flying off the market, That was a time when stagers like that were extremely busy, extremely. A lot of stagers got to the point where they were working six, seven days a week and they had multiple crews out and they could barely keep up and they were all exhausted. Honestly, a few of them, you know, the ones with the endurance were loving it and everybody else was dying. And trying to scoop up everything because it was the time, like Mm -hmm. take, take the business when you can. So take all of it. Yeah. Keep going. Mm -hmm. Feast or famine attitude. that, That was probably burn out for them. So the the biggest thing that we learned along the way is <laughs> boundaries. Because that couple years during COVID for us looked very different from those big staging companies. What it looked like for us was almost no business. Famine. Famine. Straight up famine. <laughs> yep. And when it rains it pours and it was not raining. No. <laughs> it was a and we were doing the lifting. 
Mm-hmm. Literal. That's, we got to the point where, so here's, here's what happened in our area uh, with real estate. Um, there was not, there was still a decent amount of demand because some people have to buy houses. Some people have to move sometimes. And they, they were, there wasn't enough inventory on the market. There weren't enough listings for those buyers. And so houses were selling in hours for tens and 20, 30, 40, 50,000 over ask. Yes. And with bidding wars and people writing letters, trying to get houses. And in a market like that, staging has no place. There's no time to stage. There's By no the time, time that stage. you would even think about loading a U-Haul, the house would be sold. Honestly. I mean, the, a lot of the times the houses were sold before they were even on the market because yes. realtors were keeping the word out. You know, my buyer's looking for XYZ thing. Do you have it? Um, and it was a mess. Honestly, it was, it was, it was a mess here in Northeast Ohio, but we Um, still found the business. We We did did stay alive. We did in order to stay alive. We had to cut our prices. Yes. Which listen, it was a global pandemic and a very (laughs) unique circumstance, but this is not something that you ever want to do as a business. This was a desperate move on our part. We were trying to make sure that we just had enough to keep our doors open to, you know, pay our rent and for our warehouse. We wanted to stay alive when a lot of business around us were, especially failing. small businesses were failing, failing, failing. We're yeah. like, we just have to stay alive. Like if we stay alive, we know, yeah. and it's real estate. It's the market. It comes back around no matter what that it does. is. If you can wait it out and be yes. patient. Um, and so that's where having a smaller business that is, you know, not giant and you don't have a whole bunch of overhead can be really valuable for people in markets like ours. Because if we had had a huge warehouse, we would have have had to go out of business. And if we would have had a lot of employees, that would have felt terrible for yes. us too. Yeah, having to let go of a bunch of employees that. and things like that. Oh, I can't imagine. So for those people. Anyway, COVID for us was a lot of free time. And what ended up happening is, you know, when you slow down, and this happened for a lot of people during the pandemic, we slowed down, we spent more time at home, and we realized that our mental health was getting better and better. We were spending time with the people who mattered most to us. We were doing slow things like sitting at home because there was nowhere else to go. Yep. And I personally started, you know, I used that opportunity to just really, really deep dive into, you know, what they call shadow work or therapy, all all of the things trying to get my head right. Because by that point, I had realized that, well, all the things we're about to talk about, that you, you can't succeed, really succeed and thrive in business if you don't have your head right. You can't do it. No. You'll be all over the place. You might make a lot of money. You might figure out a way to make money, but you're not going to feel abundant. You're not going to feel in flow. You'll feel drained and feel like it's still not enough, that that money is not enough. Preach, girl. Because it's not. (laughs) If you're not mentally like good by the end of it and you've just that it's that hustle culture. And we did used to have it where we're just like sprinting the next thing. We're We're on the hustle and the grind and we can make anything happen. But listen, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. Yes, 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 yes. yes. (laughs) Because we are, that is the really, the hard thing about if you are a capable creative Mm -hmm. is we are both Jills of all trades. We can figure it out. Renaissance women. Yes. (laughs) Someone literally just texted me while we were recording this podcast and asked in an emergency situation, do you think you could land a plane? My answer was fuck yeah, period. <laughs> because that is truth, man. That is God's honest truth. But the hard part about that is being Jill's of all trades. Yeah. Is that 
you think that any opportunity in front of you looks like something you you should go for. (laughs) That's everyone is for you. I could do that better than that person. So I should. Yeah. And that's a huge thing that we had to learn all along the way. Just because you can does not mean you should. Those look like detours, but pick a lane, pick a lane and stay in it. And so, you know, we figured a lot of this stuff out by really diving in and figuring out what we actually wanted out of life. I mean, you were spending so much more time with your kids. Yes. And not constantly on that hustle and grind like we had been forever. And I mean, what did that look like? What did that feel like? Oh, it insane. It was amazing to be able to like actually be at home with them because I thought I was like hustling. If you're if you feel like you're hustling for the right reasons, then you make it okay in your brain. Yeah, you're you're doing it for your family, for your kids, so that you can yep. all have a better future and blah blah blah. But like, but I but your kids don't both. feel like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because you know, I, I mentioned it in another podcast. My parents were kind of classic workaholics, you know, and I remember just thinking, like, why are they why are they spending all their time working when they could be home enjoying themselves? Yeah. And so they work to make more money, more money, more money, more money. And they say they're doing it for us, but really I would just prefer time with them. Yes. And it was like things that I wouldn't even think that were like that big of a deal. But when I stopped doing them, you realize how much your life changes. Like Mm -hmm. even taking text messages. I think my first step of that, like holding boundaries was when I was like, okay, after 6 p.m., I'm not answering text messages for clients. Yes. And that was a hard boundary to hold because Mm -hmm. I'm a people pleaser. I wanted, I thought that, you know, just because real estate is time sensitive. So I feel like these people need answers, but you have to remember in a staging business, I'm not a realtor. Yes. If we wanted to be realtors, we would be. That's a big sacrifice that you make, that you are available practically 24-7 with limited boundaries and limited off time because you kind of need to be available, especially in a hot market where things are flying off the market. But that's not us. And we did not not need to be that. No. But we allowed it, me especially, I allowed it to happen because (laughs) realtors would text me and I would let them have my phone number and think that people can handle themselves and they can't. (laughs) They cannot cannot be trusted. Um, so statistically yeah. speaking, someone is going to cross your boundary. Yes. It's just how it is. It's and going and to so boundaries in general were the biggest thing that we learned during that period. And I think that that was the first thing that we, you know, the, the first kind of mental health thing that we actually enacted. Yes. And saw the result of it. And we were like, oh, oh, yeah. That's what life is like on the other side of this. Yep. Like peace. I didn't feel like I was always having to look at my phone or is someone, do I have to answer someone real quick? It was like, scarcity mindset too. Walk away. If you believe that if you don't answer the phone, you're going to miss an opportunity, you're in scarcity mindset. Yes. Fully. I mean, if, if, if that person, think about it, if that person isn't willing to wait a proper business day to respond to you, a business then you don't want them as a client. Absolutely not. And this is not heart surgery, brain surgery. Right. Like it's really not that serious. I remember I used to, we both waitressed for years and years. And I remember, you know, managers getting so worked up about things. And I remember just constantly telling myself, like, you're just serving pizza. Yes. Just serving yes. pizza. <laughs> yes. This is I just remember doing staging. That. This yes. is just staging. This is not heart surgery. It's not an emergency. And so just because somebody else feels like it's an emergency for them, it's not. 
Yes. It's and just not because, an emergency for you. Just because other businesses or other people that you see in small business are running around hustling, moving saying, at the speed of light. Yeah, saying all these things, that doesn't necessarily make it right either. Like you have to decide what you want for you, what you want your own life to look like. Yes, it might be right for them or it might be right for them for a while. It might be right for you for a while, but you have to figure that out. You have to slow down enough to figure what figure out what you really want. Yeah. Which brings me to our next point, which is slowing down in general is a huge part of what changed everything for us. Yes. You know, you think that you 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 the harder you work, the more you'll achieve. Yeah. Especially being small town girls. Yeah. Like that's like kind of ingrained in us. I feel like that's in our DNA is like work hard and be nice to people. It's that blue collar (laughs) Midwest shit. Yes. Yes. And it does make, it makes you feel good. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm I'm proud of that, but, but I take it way too far. Same. Exactly. Way too far. So both of us together, it was like, Oh, straight yeah. up powerhouses of work, but we are also like running ourselves into the ground. Yep. And that's hard to do for both of us. So, yeah. you know, we were, that tells you how thin we were stretching ourselves because, you know, even during slow periods, we never rested enough because when you're in a slow period, you think that you have to be on your grind in order to get out of the slow period. Yes. And if you don't have those kind of mental boundaries in place for yourself about what you will and won't tolerate and how you speak to yourself and things like that, then you're not going to get around that. No, 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 no. Another thing in general that we, we figured out along the way is you got to work on your self love. And that sounds real woo woo and, you know, touchy feely, but it's true. Totally. It's true. You can't succeed in business if you don't believe in yourself. If you don't believe in what you're selling and your product and your ability to sell it and your value and your value as a human being, you know, if you're already apologizing to the whole world just for existing constantly, yeah. Yeah. then, you know, how are you going to convince somebody to spend thousands of dollars with you? And that's not to say you can't fake it till you make it. Yes, because that's probably what you're going to have to do. Ask me how I know. Yeah, you're going to have to do that for a little bit. <laughs> yep. You, I mean, it's it's about practice. Everything we talk about this all the time. Everything is a muscle. So, you know, confidence isn't something that some people have and some people don't. Confidence is a muscle that can be improved because, again, you know, this is something that we're always reminding everybody. It's about bravery. It's about doing it scared. Everybody's scared. Everybody has imposter syndrome. Everybody's freaking out on the inside about something all the time. I was just talking about that with someone today about when I gave my first class with you. How like nervous, yes. like how yeah, nervous, we, like, we teach we realtors, nervous. we teach realtors about home staging. And when we gave our first class, I, I've never seen Jess so nervous. Yes. I was so nervous. I could like almost not make words. Now, if you, like I have said soapbox a few times. Okay. But seriously, <laughs> if now, if you would give me a soapbox, I'd stand on it. Oh my God. Yes. You would for put three more on top of it and yell, yell down at everybody about the value <laughs> of home staging because it's a muscle that you built up over yes. time and it is like swole. Yes. Was not born that way. Did not just come out with any of this information. No. Yeah. You got to practice it. You got to do it scared. And then once you do it scared and you see that you did it and you just tell yourself that you are the badassest person in the world yes. because you just did that scary thing. Now you're starting to prove to yourself what you're capable of. You're keeping oh, promises to yourself. You're building that confidence muscle. 
Another thing along the way that we realized was a lot more important than we were giving it credit for, and this one seems obvious, but somehow it wasn't, is just balance in general. And this, for me, I can't believe how much I got sucked into kind of having an out-of-balance life, even though I went into it braced against becoming a, a workaholic. And I still did anyway. Yeah, there were times you and I would be like staging this is wild too. And I forget <laughs> these days because thank God we we blocked them out. We've blocked them out probably. Um, but it's been quite a few years since this happened. But remember when we used to be out staging, it'd be like 10 PM. Oh man. And we yep. would joke like, Oh, we might as well just make this a sleepover. Ha 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 ha. And we would laugh and joke about it probably just so we made it through, <laughs> but, oh, and I just remembered, um, we had been talking earlier about one of the ways that we made it through COVID is by lowering our prices. And the way that we did that is by moving all the furniture ourselves. Yes. We cut out the cost of movers and, and lowered our package pricing, which it, I mean, I don't know. I'm literally breaking it, our backs. It kept us alive. It kept the business alive. Yeah. And, you know, it was probably the right thing to do, but, but wow. I mean, talk about not having boundaries with what you'll do and what you should do. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's one of those that I think that we'll always look back on and be like, it was COVID and it was a weird time. And there yeah. were a lot of business closing. We learned very valuable lessons in the process. <laughs> we did. And we'll never know if it was like, we did that because we should have, or it, yes. like, and it just kept us alive or. And honestly, I'm really grateful that that happened because the Same. reason we got to the point where we were able to slow down enough to get here and be, you know, in our power and, and in a place of abundance in our lives is because we were able to take the time to see what that life looked like and to rethink what we even wanted in our business because before COVID we had a booming business. Yes. And we could have just tried to go back to that where we had employees, where we were doing tons of stagings, where we were having huge months, but there were so many costs. It was so stressful. So stressful. It wasn't the life that we wanted. We thought it was. We thought we wanted to have a big staging company with a big warehouse and a whole bunch of employees and you know just expand, expand, expand. And COVID allowed us to figure out that we we needed that balance in our lives. We needed to figure out how to make space for who we are outside of entrepreneurs, outside of yes. staging, because I personally had completely lost that. Yeah. As much business as we were doing in those times, that's all we could focus on really is like yeah. keeping our houses halfway alive and running our business. And then at some point you look and you're like, is that worth it yeah what, like, what am i trying to achieve here where, where am i trying to get to yes like maybe let's make this look a little smaller yeah enjoyable streamlined profitable streamlined yep i'm happy happy peaceful in flow all of our priorities really shifted and so finding balance you know figuring out what my hobbies were figuring out yeah who having I, time for them having like, time. Finally, and this is kind of crazy that i didn't even realize is that only in the last couple years have I swung a golf club again. Wild. I played golf before I was pregnant with Zoe. Mm -hmm. And so from Allstate, like a couple years before working with you. So it'd probably been 10 years since I had swung a golf club That's and now finally had enough, like just time and balance space. and had space to yeah. be like, I forgot. I liked doing that. <laughs> I'm going to do that because when you're on your hustle, and when you're in scarcity mindset, you think that every extra minute that you have should be put toward making money. Because if you don't do that, 
it won't be enough. You'll fail. You, you'll yes. miss an opportunity. And you feel so guilty. So guilty. And so then when it is time to relax and rest, you don't. You're yeah. just worrying and you know beating yourself up for taking time. Yeah. So you have to set that boundary of, you know, I'm going to do as much as is reasonable. I'm going to try to do the next right thing every time. I'm going to try to stay within a structured framework. I'm going to try to streamline and do everything that I can to make my life easier and simpler and sweeter. Yes. And that's the goal. Keep it simple, stupid. Yes. Keep it simple, stupid. And that has helped us. Systems are very simple and streamlined in our business. And that's a huge part of what COVID helped us with. Yep. So that's a huge part and of boundaries. what we're able to, and boundaries. Holding yeah. boundaries with our clients too. Yeah. Because once you realize how bad it was, you know, once it's silent and it all stops and you're like, oh my God, I was going to have a nervous breakdown. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Thank God for lockdown. You know, I, it's terrible to, to say no, that. It feels- honestly, you're right. You're right. Like looking back on it now, that is kind of crazy to think about that. Like we were on our hustle so hard. You're probably right. We both probably both would have like spiraled there probably oh, yeah. the next like few months. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't have taken long. I mean, the universe knows what it's doing sometimes. Totally right. We got really lucky there. Dodged a, kind of dodged a bullet. Working smarter, not harder is another thing that let your ego go for that also yes. because there's so many people that are going to tell you that this is how you should do it. And that may not necessarily be how you want to do it or how it needs to be done, how it could be done. Yeah. There are other options. You know, you can figure out, okay, pillow organization. Here's a good one. So many stagers think that they need to organize all of their pillows by color in their warehouse. Yeah. And if you have a huge operation, then yeah, you probably do need to do that. But if you have a smaller operation and you can see all of the pillows at one time, fuck your ego that tells you that you need to have a pretty rainbow of pillows. You ain't got time for that. No. The biggest one I was just talking with someone about today was a bed. Our bed that we use. Oh. The tables Mm -hmm. instead of a bed. Oh my gosh. You don't use a bed, an actual bed. I said, no. Do you want to know why? Do you want to know how much cost? If people say they charge $2,000 for staging and they're including a bedroom, I will fall over dead. Like you are the labor of that. You've got to store the cost of mattresses and then storing them and then moving them and how much room that takes up in the truck. So now you can't get a smaller truck that's cheaper and on and on and on like that. You're losing money. You are losing your money and just like toss it down the toilet. There are ways around it. You know, some stagers do the like bed platform and box springs. We did that for a while. That's still really bulky to store. And those can be expensive too. You know, everybody does it a little bit differently. And if you're a bigger company, that might make sense. But I'm talking specifically for like small companies, newer newer stagers, lower budgets. Yes. But people would tell us like, if you were a new stager, you might be influenced by someone who's like, Oh, you're not actually going to put a bed in there. Like, no, no, ma'am. We're not. (laughs) Yes. I'm not going to, because we do that so we can keep our prices lower. And so this makes sense for your budget and And we would have to return of investment, honestly. Yes. Your ROI is very, very healthy because of this, because we're able to keep our costs down for you. And so, yeah, making decisions about, you know, your boundaries again and what you will and won't do for customers ahead of time. And, you know, knowing that that's a kind of industry standard is so powerful because then you will hold your ground instead of starting to second guess yourself and be like, "Uh, I don't know, maybe maybe that isn't acceptable. Maybe I shouldn't do it like that. Yeah, because there are a lot of like weird ins and outs as I'm talking to people, especially like with coaching and stuff, I feel like 
I didn't even realize how much, how many like ins and outs of yeah. just talking to realtors, talking to homeowners, all like, the nuts and bolts. Yes. There's, there's so much because in a lower budget operation, everything is a little bit different and we have solved all of these individual problems, but it did take us a long time to get there. And it's just so rewarding that we get to help people skip a lot of those pain points because they were very painful for us. They were so painful. And it is a lot of those conversations and most of it is boundaries. Yes. Boundaries and self-care is one of the, it's just, it's huge. Those two things are enormous and they go hand in hand. Knowing your value. Knowing your value and slowing down like we were talking about. I mean, the tortoise wins the race, not the hare. Yes. You've got to slow down, be more intentional, take time to just sit in silence, whether you meditate or just literally sit outside in a chair and look at some birds for a while, but you have to slow down to figure out what you want, what you want your life to feel like, and whether you really are happy in that moment in your life, in your own skin, in your business, the way that it is, or whether something needs to change and shift. Yep. Be intentional. Yes. Be intentional. intentional. And it's, it's really easy to just feel this hectic, frantic feeling that, you know, I have to get as much business as soon as possible. But honestly, one of the most valuable pieces of advice that I think would have been so helpful for us in the beginning, if we had heard this from somebody we trusted, is that if you slow down and do things more intentionally and really, you know, streamline all those processes and systems and begin as you mean to go on, everything will work better for you long term. Yes. A million percent. Yep. Next episode, we are going to be talking about staging and your ego. This is another one of our favorite topics. You know, we're hitting all of these favorites in these early episodes because these are the things that we think are so important that we hear all the time and we see stagers doing all the time. So talking about how you're letting your ego get in your way, or at least how we were letting our egos get in our way, we'll be talking about that next. See you there. New episodes of The Staging Lab are published every Thursday, so check back with us weekly for support, laughs, inspiration, and no BS advice about starting a soul-centered creative staging business in today's disconnected world.